0: So welcome everybody to this new session with uh, Sagi and Guy from Trophyte. Hello. Hey. Good. So maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit. Like very short, what what you guys do, like where you come from,
1: what brought you here. Yeah. Sure. So I'm Sagi, I'm one of the uh, co-founders of uh, Trophyte, father of (laughs) three. Uh, from uh, Rishon. I'm in charge of the tech side. Doing 20 plus years in R&D, that's me. Right. So Thanks. I'm Guy Olander, um,
2: also a proud father of three. <laughs> uh, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't coordinate. That. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> it was just just Um I'm also the co-founder of Shofet. I'm uh, actually running it uh, with Sagie uh, uh, from 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 the beginning. Uh, we're trying to disrupt something that is very. Uh, you know, oversaturated in our place which is the EdTech space and we're trying to build some products and bring innovation and value into it Um, it it took us a while uh, to to be where we are right now Uh, it took us actually a long ride, Uh, we started everything back in 2010 Mm -hmm. um, where we just, uh, you know, everybody has his daily job and we thought it's about time to do something together. I was told Sometimes in the past, that if you don't do things by your own until 40, you're never gonna do it. So we were <laughs> back then, I think, th- uh, 33. Uh, so we did, and we opened a, a project company, uh, like a Bootstrap, and, and, and started a great uh, mobile project for companies in Israel. It was profitable, a very great experience, but after two years, Sege told me, you know, this is a time when we need to build something for our own. I didn't leave the, the big US corporate just to create other stuff for other people, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then I think when we started the, the startup, John uh, Ryan, together, uh, we had a different product back then, uh, we raised some seed money. Uh, we have a very interesting experience, and we did some pivoting like every successful startup that needs to do pivoting. And in 2014, uh, Seki came with a brilliant idea uh, of how we can really. Provide value to the mobile advertising ecosystem. So, so tell me and a little, little about, about, about yeah. That. I, I will give as uh, godfather to <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> the, he's the one you
0: build it. So, tell us a little bit what Trophy does and
1: you know the value it brings to, to the advertisers. Yeah. So, I, actually, I'm going to start from what we wh- where we are today. So, Trophy is actually the world's first virtual uh, virtual uh, value-driven marketing platform, and it's kind of a long sentence, kind of a long label. We, it's, not, it's not a term we coined, but we did take this, uh, this uh, kind of industry field and adopt it to mobile gaming. And what it means is that you should no longer look at the app as the marketable unit. In terms of gaming, it means that what do you promote today in ads? You promote the game itself. So you should stop looking at the app as the promotable unit, and you s- should start looking at the game's virtual items which the was point different the in, two, in
0: 2008. It was different before then. Like giving something an app for free was something special. Yeah, people right. felt really special in 2008 when you tell them, "Hey guys, you can download this app for free." instead yeah, and, and yeah. nothing changed right. over the last five years.
1: Exactly, because in 2008 the app was usually paid. The game was paid to download, as it, and and if you drop the price to free, it was a big deal. You could say, you know, this game is free now. It was big news, but. After that, you know, after freemium came along, free to play, download for free. Yeah, I know, it's free. Everybody knows it's free. So where's the value? The value okay. disappeared, and we decided to actually ma- look at where the value is, which is the virtual items inside the app. The app is no longer a shelf product in a store. Mm-hmm. It is a store, and it has this infinite variety of virtual items and coins and storage and gems. These are the values. Value is not necessarily monetary, it can save you time, it can save you money, it can provide you satisfaction, you, you have to accommodate all this when you start looking at and, and researching what value really means to people, and once you do that, we create a technology that allows you to market those in various ways, for example, you can distribute them as, as freebies and bo- as bonuses for people who are, who are considering to download the app, you can tell them, you know, if you're in UK, claim 200 golds in my app once you downloaded it, so it's waiting for you inside a different kind of user segment, say in a different country or a different uh, demographic, yeah. they would get something else and you would be able to adjust values to different people. Yeah, and by the way, and, and then when we have this slick idea and then this
2: innovation technology, the reality when, as a startup, so we come to conferences with, with the big guys there. And we come with, you know, and said, hey, we have a new technology, you should, you should test this. We have an SDK, use it. And they said, we're not. Uh, and, and, and they say, yeah, but it's really a lot of value. You can promote your game different, but you just need to plug the SDK. It's a five line of code. And they keep telling us, yeah, we're not. So we have to come back to, to our place and say, how we can make that with no SDK or with no, like, a real uh, impact on, on the advertiser side of you. So then we... So again, it's still like bring a solution that can do it on a server side, Mm -hmm. which is much more appealing to those big guys because they're doing a user acquisition in in millions of dollars. Uh, They definitely afraid of some client integration and we need to work like, I think it was almost one year very intensively with all the leading measurement company, the tracking provider like Upswire and Tune and Coachella and and, and Adjust and, and, and build our solution Using their their technology and help and coming back to the advertiser and tell them, okay, now we have the solution that deliver value through your ads campaign, but we do it with no SDK. And, and this yeah. is when actually we start and bringing on board really big guys. And that was the beginning. Uh, and actually, the beginning also was one from China. Yeah, uh, yeah, The first customers was Alex. It was one of the top 25 publishers uh, in China. They the CEO come to Israel, and um, and uh, he, he, we met him by accident, and uh, it was on some of our, our big iron uh, source uh, meetup. And then we told him, "Listen, we create that," and, and he didn't understand completely what value driven marketing is. But he said, "Okay, it's it's a coupon for games. I, I like it. I, I I can I don't need my tech every time to integrate it some stuff. I can do it one time, and then my marketing team can run coupons everywhere. So let's give it a test." And the test was, uh, you know, likely it was very successful. And as regards, you know, more big companies coming in. And our job was to educate the market what you can do with that piece of technology. It's not just running it through networks. You can use it, as I like said, uh, uh, on a different m- media types. Like you can broadcast your game on YouTube and the influencer can give free bonuses every every week to his influencer. You can exchange virtual items between games. That was another, very innovative implementa- implementation, you can do a cross promotion, you can even on a conference put a QR code and say, hey, this is my new game, you can get 10,000 numbers out of it and, and everybody will immediately see the value of this new game. Yeah. Uh, so it was really exciting uh, and, and one of the things that Sagi told me that uh, we need to m- put more implementation but we need to understand that the customers need that. Yeah. And, and that was also some tempting grades.
0: Yeah, so before we discuss a little bit about, you know, like some practical differences when you know your your the player of the game, maybe you can elaborate again a little bit on this, like, you know, the difference between when you know, like, your, your customer is offensive or defensive or, you know, you know, if someone is different ages, if he, yeah.
1: what, what he, he values more. Yeah, so, as I mentioned earlier, knowing, knowing your users is marketing 101. You, you don't start marketing, and that's true on, not only for us, but for everybody. You don't start marketing until you really figure out your users. And what we provide is, a, what, what we did, we kind of added capabilities to marketing teams on how they can market value. Because mm-hmm. once you start really researching value, you understand that some people uh, value their time, for example, more than their money. So if I'm a father of three, which yeah. I am, and I don't really have a lot of spare time. Uh, so for me, 50, uh, 30 minutes of, uh, of uh, if something would uh, save me 30, 30 minutes, that would mean much more to me than just saving me uh, 99 cents. Yeah. But if I'm like a teenager or a 20 year old, a lot of time on my hands, and, and I'm broke, then maybe a monetary value would make much more sense to me. And by offering this kind of technology, this kind of solutions, these kinds of solutions, value-driven marketing, it means you can actually deliver different values to different people based on what you know or assume they would want. Yeah. If, if, uh, if uh, you would want to market a certain valuable bonus or a virtual item to a father of three, it might be a speed-up card if he's in the, in the real-time strategy genre because upgrading some building inside the game, uh, I can give him a speed-up card to save in 30 minutes, but if he's like a 20-year-old playing the same game, I would give him like 200 coins because it would save him, say, $2 yeah. worth of you know, purchases. And, and that is all about value-driven marketing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think, by the way, one of the things we're trying to add is a new layer to this, to this very noisy space we're living in, which means the mobile ad tech industry in our case. Yeah. Uh, there is many uh, players, many thousands of media partners, uh, lots of ad networks, Every one week, you can have a new name in the list, uh, no barriers to open networks. Um, and, and there is a lot of big advertisers who spend a lot of money. Uh, the user acquisition, uh, known last year, was like $5 billion, mm-hmm. uh, they, they pay to, to acquire those users. And today it's all about uh, like combination of, of volume and, 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 qua- and quality. I mean, if you want to make your app a successful business in terms like, like in real life and you want to make it to be a positive ROI, you need to drive in as much users as you can and you need to make them to be very quality in terms of loyal and come back and spend money. So to buy users today, it's kind of commodity. I mean, yes. you can buy, everyone will happy to sell you users and the price can be vary between 20 cents to $10, depending on a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. But the quality is very challenging and to do both to scale your business on quality and quantity this is something that I think is, is a everybody struggling and Trophic tried to help on the quality terms like when you do the user acquisition funnel how you can impact in that stage so the user will be much more quality and to add all those new value um, can, can, can pretty much address that mm-hmm.
0: so you know we've seen many times in the technological development that gamers are the earliest adopters, from all the early adopters, especially also in technology, um, now with uh, virtual reality coming up. So I just recently read an article about like virtual reality casino, where you basically have your goggles on and you kind of sit with your friends around the table, Um, obviously everything virtual, and then (coughs) I I mean like it's a question and matter of time until these will be filled also with ads. So how do you see the virtual reality
1: world um especially also with a focus on on ads all right so I, I don't think it's a it's a coincidence you know it's just my opinion but I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that, that actually you know uh, Facebook if we take them as an example are really really pushing VR technology while being the largest advertiser on earth yeah. Um, yeah. we cannot we can also deny the fact that VR and gaming go hand in hand. So it kind of gives you, gives you a picture of probably what's going to happen in the next few years. Uh, we're going to see probably, uh, you know, VR advertising uh, becoming part of the user experience because gaming are becoming part of, uh, are using starting to use VR. So. And that's always the case. You want to complete the user experience using your marketing channels. Mm-hmm. So I would say that uh, you know VR ads will be part of game marketing in the next few years, and you know Trophic is going to be there, ready to deliver value to those users. Yeah. Ob- um, social uh, casino and casino apps and gambling apps are, by the way, a good example. There is a lot of value that people are looking for mm-hmm. in terms of chips and spins and cards and Sure. Uh, tournament tokens and y- you can do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, bonuses and use trophic really to its full potential in this kind of space. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be combined in the next few years for sure. Okay, good, so thank you very much for taking the, the time to
0: you know, give us a little bit of insights into the ethics space in Israel. Um, I hope you enjoyed this video guys. I would really appreciate some uh, feedback. If you enjoyed that, let me know if you want to hear more and um, i'm sure you can contact these guys if you need anything from them
2: and i'll see you soon yeah bye thank you very much